Hello, Stephen Dan Fouts here from Teach Different. We're veteran teachers from the United States, bringing educators together from around the world to learn a simple conversation method, which we model on this podcast for you. If you're a teacher, administrator, homeschooler, or parent who wants to use the power of conversations to build stronger relationships and fight polarization, stay tuned to hear the impact our method can have on your discussions. Then join our community of educators at teachdifferent.com for additional resources and to participate in lively conversations among teachers and faculty, free for 30 days. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Teach Different podcast. We're very, very happy to be here tonight. We have a a great quote on leadership from Simon Sinek that I'm going to read in in a moment. And it's, it's very short, but... Again, sometimes the shortest quotes are packed, filled with some of the most profound thinking. And I think that this quote qualifies as one of those quotes. Uh, We have Damon Harris with us, who's going to be introducing himself once he he weighs in on the the claim of the quote. Uh, To familiarize people, though, with the protocol, we'll start with that quote. We'll get that interpretation of the quote. What is Simon Sinek saying about leadership? What's the claim, right? And any personal stories we can tell is always good. We're modeling what we do in the classroom with students. When you post these quotes in front of students, you want them telling stories and how it is true for them and their own experiences. So that's what we do at the beginning here. Then we move into the counterclaim and we push against the the claim, what the author is saying. And that's where our critical thinking kicks in again. Any stories we have and experiences that substantiate the counterclaim are always welcomed as well. Here, there's the tension in the conversation. There's where we we try to create a situation where there's a little bit of confusion in a good way, where we have to resolve our thinking and take a position and back it up with evidence. That's what we're about here with this protocol. Then at the end, we'll share any question that we have that arose organically through the conversation and, and, and say our goodbyes. And we want everybody who listens to this to try this with their students, bring it to the classroom. That's the kind of the final step. But first, the adults model it. So here we go. Simon Sinek, leadership. Leadership is a choice. It is not a rank. Leadership is a choice. It is not a rank. Damon, welcome to the Teach Different Podcast. It's great to see you. Introduce yourself and what do you think? Thank you, gentlemen. It's great to be here. I I appreciate you. And I am the co-director of the Building Our Network of Diversity Project, also called the Bond Project. We're a nonprofit organization that supports efforts to recruit, retain, develop, and empower male educators of color around the country. I've been a teacher, a principal, a district coach, I'm in public schools in Maryland, and I'm also an adjunct professor at University of Maryland in College Park and in McDaniel College in Maryland, where I teach courses related to effective teaching methods and conducting research and anti-racist education. Now, I'm excited to be here, and this is a great topic for me, and or a great quote for me. And I, I think I heard Cynic say this during one of his TED Talks, and my interpretation of the statement is is that he's saying there's a difference between having authority right being in charge being that positional leader and actually being 
a leader who moves folks toward a vision. Right? He's saying that leadership is based on a series of choices in any organization that, that we'd have. And the what I remember him saying in that podcast is something around how leaders put the rest of the team first, the rest of the organization first, and, uh, particularly the people instead of non-people types of considerations. For example, like he uses that, that leaders eat last sort of phenomenon where in the TED talk, he chastised some corporate leaders for laying off workers in order to improve that bottom line. And I think is really um, current right now with recently Robinhood, the online brokerage announcing that they are going to lay off 23% of their workforce. Um, and so like he's, his view is leaders don't do that. They figure out a different way. Um, he, he talked in that same example about how one leader um, started having people do furloughs rather than do rather than layoffs, because that's a way for them to say, as the, the CEO said, it's better that all of us suffer a little so that none of us has to suffer a lot. Right. I think that's the work that that he's been talking about. And it's not a rank. I'm going to take the second part of it and build off what you you said, Damon. It's like leadership is a choice. It's not a rank. So a rank is more like what you look like on paper, right? Um, what your official title is, uh, you know, what your job description is or where you sit in a larger system or a structure um, where you're someone's quote unquote boss, all right? That's not a leader. A leader is something, I mean, as you're saying, you just made the, the word come alive from this guy. And, and when I look at this quote, I see that word choice, like leadership is a choice. And, and I'm interested in knowing, you know, Dan or Damon, like, how do you, what's he trying to say with, with using a word like choice? Uh, where, what's he getting at with that? I'm trying to, to understand that part of the quote. I, I think that by using the word choice, what he's doing is suggesting that leadership is about ethics and morality and the decisions we make that reveal our character and our values. And in, in doing that, it when, when we do that, when we make moral choices, they have consequences for, for people. You, you mentioned those examples with the decision to lay off workers. I mean, that that is a that's a choice you could think of it as an ethical choice you know we might think of it as a bottom line monetary choice but it's also an ethical choice and i think that's what he's 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 getting at there because it so, deals with people right the bottom right. line choice that's like money you're not thinking of the people so what do you think damon is that are we getting there yeah i'm, I'm with you i'm with you both and i also think about how different different people label different types of leadership so what 
I think what Cynic is saying is that there's a there's a difference between positional leadership, positional authority, and actually moving people toward a, a vision. Some folks might also call that the, the difference between transactional leadership, where you say you do something because I told you to and I'm in charge, and that transformational leadership, where you motivate and inspire people to say this is our collective vision and this is how we are moving together in a, in a collaborative fashion. Earlier today, I was talking to a group of folks um, about teacher retention. And one of them, they were from a, a couple of different school districts across Maryland. And one of them said, one of the reasons why our folks in our school district had lower, lower attrition rates than everyone else in this climate is because when COVID hit, our superintendent said, I will not, or CEO in this case, I will not have you in unsafe buildings. I will not have you in unsafe conditions. That, is, that goes for staff, students, and community members alike. And I don't care what the outside world is saying, our view, our number one view is safety. And he said that really resonated with folks about like what type of culture our district has. Good, back to that, that I don't know, that morality, the, the, that choice. And it's not obviously a position, it's not a rank, it's not a position of authority that makes you a leader, according to Simon. It is, it's a choice you make. You have to decide you want to have influence and the right type of influence, ideally. I really think the word choice, I'm still kind of focused on this word. I see it being circled when you put it on the board and ask the, the students to talk about, you know, anybody ever been in a position of leadership? You know, did, did, is it something that you wanted? You know, did, did you choose it? And if you chose it, why did you choose it? What did you want to do with it? Get them, get them into that sense of that, that it doesn't have to be a formal system or a structure or a rank. You know, we can talk about that type of leadership, but in the playground, in the hall, in the middle school and high school, probably with this, with this would be most applicable, but go right to who has been a captain on a team. Or if you haven't been a captain on the team, you've, you've maybe been on a team where there has been a captain. You could have a rich discussion right there about leadership being the choices that are made by a captain on a team. So, so right. And I think the kids, especially those that, like you said, in the upper elementary and secondary levels, they can make connections to this with respect to music and sports and stuff in the school building, even, right? Like, so you ask the kids who, so some sports fans, who's the leader of the NBA Lakers, right? The NBA's Lakers. They might not say Jeannie Buss, who's the owner, which, which she is the leader. They might not say Darvin Ham, who's their new coach. They'd say it's LeBron James, who doesn't have positional leadership, but because of his actions, right? It's analogous to that other or similar to that other statement where people say that love is a behavior, right? Love is not just an emotion. It's a series of choices that you make. That's how you demonstrate love. It's the same thing on this end. Or you may say, who's the leader of their favorite, favorite musical group, you know, BTS or whoever that might be. I'm just, like I said, we just established earlier, I'm way old, so I, I'm not connected as enough as I need to be. But I bet different kids would have opinions. 
who's a leader of different football teams, and who are the leaders in our building, right, in our school building? Who are the student leaders? They might not be the student government president. Yeah. Yeah, who are the leaders in the building who don't carry a rank or a title, but who are listened to? Th that right there, I mean, there's your class period. <laughs> yeah. And then, then ask, staff, well, go ahead, Dave. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, that goes for staff and students. Like, who are the student right. leaders? Who are the staff leaders? Because some people won't say the principal is the leader of that building. Right. No, you're right. And then you can go deep in there and ask for people's experiences with good leaders, with bad leaders. And how, how, how did they react in situations where they had someone with positional authority who they didn't really respect as a leader? You know, probably a little bit safer to do that with the students than maybe with the, the teachers in a building. But no, I, I, I'm going to say you, you don't have to call out someone, but just talk about how that changes your perception of of your job, your role, how motivated you are, how inspired, you know, when you're not, when you don't, you know, look up to a leader and you don't see them as a true leader, even though they have the, the position. Yeah, I heard um, earlier Jawanja Kandufu say that, that old saying about um, kids don't care what you know unless they know that you care. And it's a similar uh, statement that I just heard Dr. Kanjufu make earlier today was no significant learning can take place without a significant relationship. That's something we, we've all heard too. And that's that piece, right? No significant growth toward the vision can happen unless the leader has relationships that move the, the followers. And those are choices. That doesn't come with your job description. You have to act on that stuff. Yeah, and I would and, say too, like um, it's probably a choice on the other end as well. Maybe this is, uh, I doubt this is what Simon Sinek was getting at, but the followers have to choose to follow a leader also. So there's a, there's a sense of choice in, involved there too. The consensus, that's the most powerful leader that has followers that want to be led. Right, Dan, what were you going to say? By choice, I was just building on what Damon was saying. That's an interesting way of looking at it because follow, following is a choice, is a moral choice, as much as leading is a moral choice. And the great leaders are the ones, as you suggest, Steve, where they, they um, are able to marshal this group of followers who have bought into their vision and, and the leader is acting in ways that are ethically good. And that's a good marriage there. When you have followers following a, a very um, ethically good leader, that's, that's, that's your, your ideal. Well, the question is, where do we want to go with the counterclaim? Because let's make, let's make a turn here and, and come at a different angle on this. You know, Damon, we say disagree with Simon Sinek just as a quick way to do it when we're talking to kids to get them to understand what the purpose of this is. But when you say that, you, you want to believe it. It's not just disagreeing. It, you come up with something you believe 
that shows another way of looking at leadership that maybe calls into question, you know, his approach to it. So Damon, if you got something in your mind, we'll, we'll, we'll let you kick it off or it, it just doesn't matter really. I, I got something I'm working up and Dan, you hop in as well. At first thought, uh, when I when I thought about the counterclaim to this, I, I definitely realized that there are cultural undercurrents to, to what I was thinking, because I, my first thought was that in schools, for example, some some families come from cultures that require people to respect positional authority at all costs. So I have some staff members, some families in my community, my school community that will never call me by my first name. They, they don't want to be involved in decision-making. They just want to make sure that they are being respected and supported and that their kids, their children are being loved. So for some of them, these types of bureaucracies, the schools might be, they, they work more efficiently when someone says, this is our vision and this is how we're getting here. And we don't have enough, we don't have the time to, to build consensus, get on the bus or get off. Cause this is, this is where we're going. And sometimes that can seem pretty efficient. I like that. Yeah. No, keep going, Damon. Oh, so, and I was just thinking about that cultural piece because sometimes I think about like being an outsider in, in the group and because everywhere I go, no matter my race, color, background, if I'm coming to a new school, a new situation where I may need to lead, I'm an outsider. And sometimes I think from an outsider, that's how those things can seem cut and dry. There's a principal, he's in the lead, that's stable, we're safe, right? There's, this is, and there are other, reasons, other ways we can look at that um, across our society. But I think sometimes there's some safety and security and stability in saying that's our leader and we're following. Safety, security, and stability. I think that some people's mentality is exactly that. And that's what you have to provide sometimes for people. The, Example that popped into my head for the counterclaim is that with a teacher, for instance, does a teacher, is a teacher owed some level of respect just by being the teacher, having that rank? As an adult, older than these kids in the room, does that give them anything? And I, I think you could make a good argument that there is kind of a baseline respect that you should have for someone who's trying to run a class, who's trying to, to prevent misbehavior and is contributing to a learning environment. That's dignity and respect to confer upon someone because they are that teacher in the room. So in that sense, it's not that, that teacher walks in day one, hasn't made any choices yet but maybe it should be afforded some authority and respect. That's the example. If I use this one in class, that's the example I would focus on. I'd ask the kids, do you think that I'm owed any respect just by virtue of the fact that I'm a teacher in this room? See what they say about that. You know, some will be very quiet. <laughs> you might not want to, you know, say anything, but that, anyway, that's where I would go with the counterclaim. Yeah, I I definitely I definitely think kids would would be able to to relate to that, and some of them might push back and say, "Well, you deserve respect because you're a human being. You deserve 
the time to speak because you're a human being and we respect all all human beings. Therefore, you should afford the same respect to us. So we respect the people with the knowledge who are helping us to move forward in this space. Um, but yeah, I definitely think that could be a great a great counterclaim to push push some thinking forward. I had I don't even know where this idea is going. I'm afraid to start it. But I'm just thinking of this. Okay. The, you know, with some of these kids, I'm thinking of the, of the kids right now. And specifically, I'm thinking of peer groups. Damon, I told you, I'm, I'm a former teacher from Chicago. Um, all my career, I've been dealing with students who, you know, many of whom are, are involved in gangs, okay? But, but that, that means so many different things. It, it doesn't have to mean what you'd see in a movie or a documentary. It just means they're affiliated with certain neighborhoods or people or groups. And it's a way to understand like where you fit, how you can keep yourself safe, et cetera. It's just part of the culture. Of, of where they come from. What I've noticed in talking to some of the leaders of these groups, it never ceases to amaze me because what I've always noticed about them is that they never seem like they wanted the leadership position they talk about kind of having things being determined for them or chosen for them. And they, they don't. So when I saw the word choice in this quote, I immediately went there and I thought of, well, the leaders, you know, the young leaders that I've come into contact with who really did have, you know, followings and you could see their influence with their peers they didn't have, they, they didn't strike me as, as making choices for that leadership position, uh, but they had a rank. <laughs> they, they, they actually were looked up to, uh, and, and that, that dynamic, they're not, it's, that, that dynamic is not in conflict. They were a little reluctant maybe to be there, but it gave them a lot of authority that was built in to, to getting a lot of respect from people. So this is what I meant by, I didn't know where this was going because we were talking about choices of what a leader does in the position, the choices they make. I'm really talking about the whole choice to be a leader and to have someone where everyone's looking up to you. I'm just amazed at how many young people I talked to, and when I sat down, they had all this respect among their peers, but they're looking at me like, I don't know why I'm here. I don't know really why people are looking to me, but this is what I'm in right now. You know, I'm in the field. So it's, I don't know, see, I don't know where that went. I'll just stop talking now. And I don't know how that, that fits into this, but it just was interesting to me. I'm with you, man. That that makes me think about something I read a, I don't know, a couple of years ago about the alpha wolf and the underdog. I can't remember what book that was in, but um, 
the, the author talked about how people think that alpha wolf or that alpha male is someone who is the strongest, the, the, the most aggressive, and that's the person that everybody follows. And they took, they did that on, the study was on wolves, in, but the wolves were in captivity. So they weren't the wolves in the wild. And in the wolves in the wild, like they looked at which wolf is best to keep, is the best person to keep, or the best wolf in this case, to keep the group safe, to keep the group fed, to move the group in the right direction. Doesn't necessarily mean the one that's going around beating up everybody. And that's similar to what, what you, that, that's what resonated with me as you were talking about the young men is people look up to them because they are making decisions within the context of the choices that they have, but they are making decisions for the betterment of the group. And it's what Dan was saying earlier about that ethical, that moral line, that is a relative sort of measure because ethics, like one person's morally right thing is someone else's incredibly disrespectful thing to do. And these kids might be doing the same thing, following somebody within the context of our choices, who's the best person to emulate, to, to keep moving forward, right? In that social hierarchy. Keep them safe. That's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, Dan, do you have anything to add to that? Does that make any sense? Yeah, it made, I think it made sense as I'm understanding it that sometimes it's not people making conscious choices. It's it's people having leadership qualities and finding themselves in positions of, of having influence over other people. And so it becomes a rank almost through evolution that they are the, the head dog. <laughs> You know, and it's not through their sequence of moral choices. It's just by virtue of their natural personalities. I, I think that's how I am understanding what you guys are saying. You actually said it better than I did. That rarely happens. Well, thanks. <laughs> well, and you know, some of that too, um, as I was saying earlier about the cultural piece, some, some of that is sometimes us looking as, as cultural outsiders at things that might be different as if we were insiders. I think about stuff like with, with families, people might say, hey, we live in a patriarchal society and that these, the kids they have, their dad is the, is the family, is the lead of the family. Well, it might not be. There may be a co-leadership model with the parents and it may be fluid depending on the circumstances, like those types of things, when we are inside the culture might look very different as than someone who's outside looking in. I think about the same with like law enforcement stuff where somebody says, well, you know, they have clear ranks in the military or in law enforcement, but those folks might not be the people who are the leaders in those groups. It may be some people who are more veteran in particular departments or fields and that sort of stuff who people tend to follow, who exhibit those leadership characteristics or who demonstrate that knowledge that the others want to attain. That's great. Yeah. Great point. You, you, it, it's a different perception or the perception of who the leader is from the outside. Man, you go into a family, everyone's like looking at grandma over there, just sitting there quiet. You know, they, they, there's no question who the real leader is, but you'd never, you'd never see that. You just see people acting and doing their thing. And uh, yeah, 
Yeah, it's deeper than you think. Questions? Yeah, do we have one. I give me a moment, man. Did Damon anything coming out? Jot anything down? So the um, the one that I shared a little bit earlier, I was thinking about like is leadership also a choice of the followers? Um, that that one was there. Interesting. But then, oh, the, um, the the other piece that was, that I was thinking about as we were talking is can leadership can be considered both a choice and a rank or a combination? Great. Yeah, or is leadership most effective as a choice and a rank? Or can it be considered either? Yeah, that's good. Combine them. I'm still thinking here. Because I want the, the question to, to bring in this notion of, of rank, the positional authority, right? Those are good. I mean, I guess mine may be something like, you know, is leadership a choice? You know, but then I left off the rank thing. I like trying to get the whole quote in there, Damon. You know what I mean? I, this is just my like, I don't know. There's just something in me that I, I want to have a question that anybody after this conversation, doesn't matter if you're claim, counterclaim, doesn't matter where you are, you can answer it, right? So. I'll stop talking so Dan can come up with his. I'm still thinking. We're modeling right now on, on this podcast, Damon, the importance of silence during a conversation. We teachers don't do this enough with students because when you're silent, kids think. You know, I really believe that. So I need to stop talking and keep thinking. <laughs> there you go. And I, I'll just add one thing before before I go silent too is that that's born out in the research, right? That that's what we call wait time. So there's a couple different ways to have wait time, and all of them indicate to the students that you have higher expectations of them. You're expecting them to think more deeply about their responses. We got two though, Damon, you stepped up. Appreciate. Maybe like is leadership most effective through our choices or through our rank and authority? Maybe like where is it most effective or. Um, and, I, and I'd add in that um, or a combination of both situational yeah this is good because if you think about like the the students they may make the connection between the this make the connection to the schools that they're in if that principal is also a great leader through choice by the choices that person makes then that whole school moves versus if a student is a great leader by choice yeah Well, good. We, we gave some good. You got something, Steve? I do. And, you know, look, I, I just kind of stepped outside of the quote a little bit. And I'm coming at this one because I think this would reveal a lot from a student. What makes someone a great leader to you? 
isn't that going to reveal, you know, whether or not they have to believe in the leader? Uh, they'll say, oh, well, if they're decisive, if they, you know, I don't know. I, I'm just throwing it out. I think kids would have a lot to say about that. Yeah, that would bring in more than just choice and rank. It would bring in a lot of other factors. But maybe that is the overarching essential question here that Simon Sinek is trying to put his spin on. But that's the bigger question. What does it mean to be a good leader, a great leader? What makes someone a great leader? Yep. And I, I like that idea of having kids think deeply about the characteristics that inspire them. Right. As well as the things they do to inspire and support other folks. Exactly. Yeah. Well, great. We see, there we go. We, we spend some good thinking time. That's, I really believe those, those silent moments and that, that good thinking, that's where we become smarter, more thoughtful. We don't have to rush into answers all the time. You know, getting that, that good question is a intellectually vigorous and rigorous activity that is important to, to help the kids, uh, you know, refine, I guess. Well, well uh, I think, I, yeah. One, one more quick addition to that or addendum to that is also is helpful for students who are English learners, right? Because the students are listening to us in English, translating it back in their head to their home language, saying their response in their home language, translating it back into English, and then giving it to us. Like that, that takes longer than three, five seconds, right? We need some time. I forgot to tell you that, Dan, like Damon, you, you're the diversity of your student population. I was just amazed when you were sharing that. And I'm glad you brought in the language piece. And we like talking about this with the importance of quotes. And why do you pick, you know, quotes that are between seven and 18 words? A big reason is because of that language barrier. You know, whether it's an English language learner or someone who struggles academically, if you focus on just simple, simple sentences, a couple of them that are deep, you give them time to process, you know, and Thinking then everybody's time. in, everybody's in, everybody's accessing it. So, yes, thank you for reminding me. Fantastic. We came to some good questions at the end here. Um, Damon, you were a fantastic guest. I think we we picked a really good quote for you here in your position and your the, the great work that you're doing, um, helping teachers. You know, retention of teachers and and diversity of of the teaching population. I mean, that's such important work. You are a great leader. How about that? <laughs> Thanks, sir. I'll try to keep making the right choices. Well, and and I tell you, we think about this quote. This is going to make, make us even better as leaders. You know, it's important for us to always be thinking about these these big ideas and questioning what we're doing. And that's how you become better through reflection. So, Damon, thank you so much, and we appreciate your wisdom. And thanks for coming on the Teach Different podcast. Thank you, brothers. I appreciate the time. I also want to remind folks that uh, the Bond Project. We also have a podcast called the Bondcast. So you can find out more about it. Uh, find Bondcast on all your social, all your platforms. And we'll make sure we put that in our description too, Damon. If you could put it in the chat, actually, right now, do that. And uh, again, thank you so much. All right. Appreciate. It. Thanks, everybody. We hope you're walking away feeling energized by some great ideas 
and have a sense of confidence that you too can master the art and science of conversations to make a lasting impact. We at Teach Different are dedicated to supporting you along that journey. Please visit teachdifferent.com to join the community of educators for additional resources and engaging discussion among fellow teachers and administrators, free for 30 days. We'll see you there and next time on the Teach Different podcast. Take care.